Take your Bibles tonight and turn to Job in chapter number 40. Job in chapter number 40. We're continuing in our series, Trust God in the Trial. Job in chapter 40. We're going to look at the first half of this chapter here tonight. Uh, the last time we considered livestock and life. Livestock and life as uh, God was using animals in his uh, confrontation of Job, the livestock as a landowner, Job having 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, he knew something about ranching, something about running an operation. So God uh, knew that and used that, but he wanted to know how Job did with wild animals. And so he asked Job, do you know about the mountain goats and when they would uh, give forth their young and the deer and the wild donkeys, and the horned animals, and the peacocks, and the ostriches. Oh yeah, even if he had an ostrich, he couldn't catch him. Guarantee you that. Way too fast. War horses, and, and hawks, and eagles. And so what God is showing Job is, Job, you're, you're too limited in your knowledge and too limited in your control to run the universe. Right. And really helping Job uh, to be put in his place. And so we're coming now to... Job 40, and uh, we're looking at the first uh, 14 verses. So let's go ahead and read our text here tonight where the Word of God says, Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. How many of you think that's probably a good idea right there? I'm just going to lay my hand over my mouth and not say anymore. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. You'd think, well, that did it then, didn't it? Not quite. Look at verse number six. Then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up thy loins now like a man. You say, I thought he'd already said that. Yes, he did, but I guess he's got more to do here. And he says once more to Job, Gird up thy loins. Let me talk to you like a man. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. Wilt thou also disannul? My judgment, will you discredit my judgment? It's the idea of disannul, discredit, uh, invalidate. If you look up the word and do a little study there. Wilt thou disannul my judgment? Notice uh, the last part of the verse, verse 8. Wilt thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? Hast thou an arm like God? Or canst thou thunder with a voice like him? Deck thyself now with majesty and excellency and array thyself with glory and beauty. Cast abroad the rage of thy wrath and behold everyone that is proud and abase him. Look on everyone that is proud and bring him low and tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together and bind their faces in secret. Then, all right, you see that? 
Now, now what he just did right there is he gave Job his job description should he want to accept the job. All right. If you can do that, then will I please pay, pay close attention here to verse 14. God says, then will I also confess the idea of confessors. I will acknowledge unto thee that thine own right hand can save thee. If you can do this and I, I confess that Job, you don't need me because your own right hand can save you. So tonight, so we continue on here in our series. The title of the message is this, now accepting applications for God's position. Now accepting applications. Maybe you'd want to fill one out. Maybe you've already filled one out. Now accepting applications for God's position. Should God resign since you've got everything under control? Uh, before you send in that resume, there's a few things you need to know here tonight. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. We'll consider this here together tonight. Certain uh, companies require you to fill out a resume and fill out an application to, um, to be considered for a certain position, a certain job, opportunity. So a lot of times what they'll do, uh, they'll look at, you know, your educational background. Where, where did you go to school? How many years of school? What kind of training did you have for that particular area? Uh, they'll also look at your job experience. Where have you worked and, and uh, how long did you work at those locations? Uh, what positions did you hold? What leadership experience uh, did you have in those uh, locations? They generally will ask for references. You know, I'll have people sometimes say, hey, uh, preacher, would you mind? Could I put you down as a reference? And, and uh, so it may be, or could you do a letter of recommendation? Or would it be okay if, if somebody called you? And, and so, uh, and in, in fact, an employer may even encourage you, hey, why don't you, why don't you just go ahead and, and turn in a, a resume or give me an application and so that we can consider that. That's essentially what we have here in the first part of chapter 40 is that God is telling Job, Job, why don't, you, um, why don't you turn in your resume here? Now, uh, there's a little sanctified, totally holy sarcasm <laughs> that plays into this. Um, and uh, God is, is listening to Job's approval rating and hearing that Job does not approve of how that he's governing everything. And so he's saying, Job, well, if that's the case, then why don't you just take my role in being, um, well, the sovereign of the universe? And we'll see how that goes. Now, when I, when I studied that, I, once again, I'm guilty. I don't know about you, but I was guilty having read this and not really embraced what God was saying to Job here. But in verse number 14, sure enough, he's saying to Job, Job, if, if you can do all of this, and I'll just step aside because you don't really need me, your right hand can save you. Now, um, if you're going to be qualified for the sovereign of the universe position, uh, then here are some of the things that are required on that resume. You've got to be omniscient. 
You've got to be omnipresent. You've got to be everywhere present. You've got to be all-powerful. You cannot have any limits. If you have one limitation, your resume is rejected. Even just one. In addition to that, you need to be able to provide evidence that you've had uh, managerial skills in handling behemoth and leviathan. All right. So if you had a little bit of experience with behemoth and leviathan, then, then maybe you would qualify. Right. All right. How many of you are saying, this is foolishness? There's no way that I would qualify. But, you know, sadly tonight, folks, many times there are many people that already think they have that position. Or I have ideas on how things ought to go and or at least would offer their opinion. I hope I don't embarrass them tonight, but on the way into school on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, my two younger sons, as I was dropping them off, wondered why are we going to school today when it's so dangerous here in this city? I mean, there was a lot of slipping and sliding going on, so I, I understand that. But I guarantee you their chief concern was not the safety and well-being of people out on the road. Get what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, we all have it. it that, that's uh, a lot of what we want to deal with here tonight is, is we think we know how things ought to go. We think we know how things ought to run. Um, this, in many ways, sounds much like Job. Um, now, Job here has misjudged God's justice. Okay, he's misjudged God's justice. And, I, and I'm going to venture here to say that every one of us have had times when we too have misjudged God's justice. Especially when things go wrong in our own world. And we think, now God, things ought not be going like this. I, and more specifically... We think things like that when they're going that way with us. Why are things, I could give you a whole list of people that this would make sense if life was going this way for them. But when it comes to me, and since I'm serving you, then this should not be going on. Okay, do you get it? I believe that's part of what Job is doing. Now, I, I am a... I am a Job friend in my mind, my heart, mind. I can't tell you how many times I have found myself uh, defending Job and, and almost in saying along with Job, he's got a point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, just to say, I mean, it really does make sense. But, but Job here is saying, God, you've, you've mismanaged some things. Now, I, I want to give Job some credit here, okay? Because Job has made some incredible statements of faith. In fact, when all this trial came on him, Job said this, naked I came into the world, naked I shall uh, go forth. Basically, he's saying, uh, I'm, I'm going to go out that same way. God gave, God's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a statement of faith by Job. When his wife said, curse God and die, then, then Job said, shall we receive good at the hand of God and not receive evil or calamity? Is, is God, has he obligated himself just to give us good things? Shall he not also allow us to experience some difficult things in life as well? Fantastic, great statement by Job. No doubt about it. I know that my Redeemer lives. 
I know that he lives and I'll, and I'll see him in the latter day. I, hey, that's a great statement of faith. Even in chapter number nine, Job says it's pointless it's in essence, if you allow me just to kind of paraphrase here, it's pointless to try to contend with God. You're, you're not gonna be able to answer him. Job says as much, okay? But he also says some other things. So look real quick at chapter 19, if you would. Just turn back a few pages. I want you to see this, Job chapter 19, and then we'll uh, scoot over to chapter number 27. I, I just want you to see some of the things that rolled out of Job's mouth under the pressure that he was under that I think we all could understand because when we're under pressure, we're liable to say some things we shouldn't say as well. Okay, And so Job did that and, and uh, that's what God is dealing with. All right, So chapter 19 and verse number 6, notice what it says here. This is Job speaking. He says, know, that, know now that God hath over, overthrown me and hath compass me about with his net. Behold, I cry out of wrong, but notice this, but I am not heard. Everybody see that? I cry out of wrong. Things are wrong here, but I'm not heard. I cry aloud and there is no, what's the next word? Judgment. There is no judgment, Job says. All right, uh, chapter 27, chapter 27 and verse number two. Uh, verse one says, moreover, Job continued his parable and said, as God liveth, who have taken away my, what's the next word? Judgment. Okay, so as God liveth, that taketh away my judgment and the almighty who hath vexed my soul. All right, so that's what Job said. Now, uh, Elihu picked up on this in chapter number 33. If you want to look there. In chapter number 33 and verse number 13, Elihu says this to Job, Job, why dost thou strive against him? Why are, why are you re rebuking God? Why are you striving against God? For he giveth not account of, of any of his matters. He giveth not account unto thee of any of his matters. In other words, Job, listen, God doesn't have to report to you. Now that's important for us to know that too. God doesn't have to report to us. He acts independently of us. He does not have to get our approval for his decisions. He just acts on his own, of course. Chapter 34 and verse number five, um, Job has said, this is what Elihu is saying that Job said. Job has said, I am righteous and God has taken away my judgment. All right, so now we come back to our text in, in Job chapter number uh, 40 and we see God now dealing with Job and saying in verse number two, shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him and he that reproveth God, let him answer it. So there's, there's no denying it. As much as I consider Job to be one of the heroes of the faith and, and others would as well, no doubt, there were some issues here that God had to deal with him about, okay? And had to help him to see. And in verse number uh, eight, it was, he says, will you disannul my judgment? In other words, are you going to discredit my judgment? Will you condemn me? The word condemn there means this. Will you give me a guilty verdict to make yourself look good? Whoa. Mercy. Everybody following along here with what he's saying? So God had to deal with Job about that. And, um, and God is saying to Job, Job, you have misjudged my justice. So if, if Job, bear, bear with me here just a little bit, okay? We gotta, we gotta develop this. 
If Job misjudged God's justice in saying there is no judgment for me, is it possible that we too might misjudge God's justice? And if so, what caused Job to misjudge God's justice and thus what would cause us to misjudge God's judgment? I think we need to learn from this so that we don't end up in the same situation that Job was in, where our heart is in a wrong way towards God. Okay? And so God is, is working to bring Job to this awareness. And he says to him, you've reproved me and, and corrected me. The idea is that, Job, you have been a fault finder. Are you a fault finder? Maybe you're, okay, you don't have to raise your hands, but I'm sure all of us are fault finders. We find fault with this. We don't like that. We find this to complain about. We don't like how that person uh, handled that. We don't like what this person is doing. We don't like how that person is driving and all these things. And if it was up to me, it'd be totally different. Am I speaking anybody's language right here? If it was up to me, it'd be totally different. All right. Um, I mean, even if it was up to us and we were God, it wouldn't be this cold right now, I guarantee it, right? It'd be like 70 degrees all the time. Okay, so we can find fault. We can complain. And ultimately, Job is. He's complaining against God. So God has demonstrated from his creation. He's demonstrated from the animals and saying, Job, you, you got to get in your place. And, and Job was one who had said, I wish I could have an audience with God. I wish that I could tell God my case. I wish I could present my case to God. And we've seen this week by week that as much as he wanted to do that, when he finally got the opportunity, he was silent. You see, every one of us have an inner lawyer that rises up within us that wants to defend ourselves. Every one of us, every one of you, if you're, if you're alive today, you've got an inner lawyer inside of you that was trained at Self-Righteous University. All right. Your inner lawyer was trained at Self-Righteous University, went through all the bar exams and, and awarded himself or herself awards to defend you. Okay, it comes up in, in, in uh, friendships, it comes up in marriage, it comes up, you know, even with God, where we are proclaiming our own innocence. But suddenly here, God dealing with Job, um, Job says, I spoke once, I spoke twice, but I'm not saying anymore. I think I've said enough. Well, that's a good realization. It's a good realization. But wait a minute. Evidently, he didn't go far enough. I'm vile. The word vile there means I'm insignificant. I'm small. There's nothing. I'm not important. I, I, don't, I don't have any say in this. And so Job was subdued. In fact, I, I, like, I like what uh, Warren Wiersbe said. Let me, let me get to this quote here where uh, he says about, about this. Until we are silenced before God, God can't do for us what needs to be done. As long as we defend ourselves and argue with God, he can't work for us and he can't work in us to accomplish his plan through us. 
Job was not quite broken. In other words, if, if God had brought Job to where he needed to be, then Job would have been at a place where God was ready to turn the page and begin a different work. But what we see here is that he went silent, but then God goes back into it. In fact, he's going to go even more so and it's going to get more pointed. And he's saying to Job, Job, if, if you can do this, and we'll get to that in just a minute, but if you can fulfill all these obligations, then you don't really need me because if you are almighty, then you don't need the almighty. And if you can handle behemoth, then you don't need me. If you can handle Leviathan, then you don't need me. But the fact of the matter was, is that, God, that Job did greatly need God. Now look at chapter 42 and verse number six, real quick. Chapter 42 and verse number six. Notice this when God dealt with Job. This is a few chapters later, obviously. Job comes to this conclusion. It says, wherefore I abhor myself and, and what's the next word? Repent in dust and ashes. Okay, so then things are different. Right here, I like as one man said, Job was subdued, but he was not submitted. He went quiet, but you don't find here in chapter number 40 that he retracts his statements that I was wrong to say your judgment was off. He does not say that. And thus God goes into another round, even a harder hitting round to bring Job to a place of repentance. Okay. Now, those of you that have children will understand that. Those of you that close enough to your childhood to reflect back, you can remember this. Uh, you know what it's like that when you're dealing with your kids, there's a certain point in time when they realize, you know what, it'd just be better for me if I didn't say any more. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm digging a deeper hole right here and I'm going to get myself in more trouble. So sometimes it's a two-hander. It's not a one-hander. It's a two-hander. All right, at work, you can do the same thing. If your boss has called you in and you start to try to give excuse and excuse and excuse, it'd be better for you just to do this right here. Okay, you may watch this. Hang on, this is very important here. I think this is going somewhere. He was subdued, but he wasn't submitted. He realized that, that okay, I, I better not say any more here because certainly this is not going the right direction. And I, I think a lot of us can be in that same spot that we know that we're in the wrong, but we don't want to come to the place of 42 verse 6 yet of repentance. And thus God is going to deal with us more because listen very carefully right here. God chastens and he corrects and he will not let up until we come to that change of mind. That repentance that, it, that was so desperately needed. And so God just kept working in Job. And I want to thank God tonight that God is willing to keep working in us till, till he, and even pouring more on us and more on us till he brings you to the place of repentance because only then can he really begin his building up work in you. There were still some things that needed to be rooted out of Job and he was going to dig deeper and dig deeper until he got it all. Wow. Ah! Now, I don't like it when God digs deeper and deeper and deeper. I just like a little surface cut. But I also know me and you know you and where you are. And many times we know that God has got to go real deep to get it out of us. The self-righteousness. 
And that's what God is doing in Job's life. But, but see, here's the thing, and this is, and we're gonna build back up to that, but, but right now we just need to see this, that Job misjudged God's judgment because he judged things based on the appearance in a fallen world rather than the way things actually are. Say that again. He misjudged it, ironically. Because Job was judging God's justice based on appearance, how things appeared in a fallen world. And I'm saying to you tonight, we can't judge God's character based on appearances of how things are in a fallen world because if we do, we have a misconstrued idea of who God is. Is this making sense to you? He, he judged it on appearances. He, he's looking at it this way. I'm sure we all have done this. Here I am serving God, and yet this is not going right. I've lost all of this. And so therefore, judgment or justice has fallen, and God has not come through here. However you want to term it, in essence, it's saying this, God's not as righteous as I thought. Wow. Boy, now I don't, I don't see a place where Job just comes right out and says that. But he does very plainly. That's the reason I took some time to go back to some of those passages where Job most certainly said, judgment is gone from me. Well, whose judgment? It's God's judgment. Yeah, I didn't like it when I saw it either. It's true. He was looking around and seeing wicked people prospering, righteous people suffering. This doesn't make sense. He wasn't the last one to do that. Asaph and Jeremiah, righteous art thou, O Lord. But could I talk with you for just a minute? It just doesn't seem to be matching up here. Because here's what we do. We're looking at appearances of things. It sure looks like the wicked are getting away with a lot of wickedness. And if I were God, if I'm going to fill out that resume, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd blast a bunch of them. Okay. Because a lot of them aren't being dealt with. Okay, now let's look at the rest of the text. Y'all still with me here? Look at the rest of the text here, and then we're going to tie this all together. He, he says, okay, Job, so if you're going to deal with me and my judgment, and you're going to give me a guilty verdict, and now you are, now you are the one that's dealing with the, the injustices of the world, then you, if you're going to deal with me about injustice, you follow the line of thought? If you're going to deal with me about injustice, then it, and I'm the one, God is saying, I'm the one who deals with all the injustices in the world. If you're going to deal with me about injustice, then really, You've got to be qualified to deal with all the world's injustices. So here's the criteria. Do you have an arm like God? In other words, can, are you strong enough to do this? Can you thunder like God thunders? Do you have a voice like God? Uh, Job, you better dress the part. Look at verse number 10, deck thyself with majesty and excellency. In other words, you better dress up for this one because this is a lot of work right here. I mean, if you're going to be the judge, you better wear the robe. 
And that robe is a robe of majesty, and it's a robe of excellency, and it's a robe of glory, and it's a robe of beauty. And, and Job, cast, thy, cast abroad the rage of thy wrath. In other words, just unleash your wrath on, on the injustices that are there in the world. And, but listen, Job, you've got to bring every one of them that is proud, and you've got to bring him down. And Job, you've got to be able to do this. Look out on everyone that is proud in verse number 12 and bring him low and tread down the wicked in their place. In other words, in their place means this, just right there on the spot, Job. You've got to deal with them right there on the spot and hide them in the dust. In other words, you need to execute them and bury them, every one of them. And if you can do this, you got my job. Now, the obvious answer there is can't do it. No feasible, possible way. I'm not God, therefore I can't do what God does. I'm not almighty. You're not almighty, therefore you need the almighty. You don't know everything, therefore you need the one who does know. You're not everywhere present, therefore you need the one who is everywhere present. In other words, we've got to come to a place where we recognize, even though our inner lawyer is, is maybe saying otherwise, wait a minute, I can't handle this. I've got to trust the one who can. And even when I look at things that don't seem to match up and it, and it seems by all appearances that God has not been just, I know that Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse number four says that the Lord is just and he is righteous and he will only do what's right and he cannot do any iniquity. That's what I know. I cannot judge God based on how things appear in a fallen world. You can't. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot judge God's character based on how things are appearing because it'll be skewed. I called a young man uh, yesterday, Brother Michael Schaefer. I met him here in the foyer a couple of years ago, he and his wife. Nadia going to, uh, to Iceland, five children. Uh, just, this just this past month, January, Due to cancer, she passed away, age 34. Five kids, eight and under. Okay, now, to be honest with you, here's a man and his family going to Iceland, here, and we're living in it just for a week. And they're willing to go there. I'm, I'm just being, I'm being human right here. Are you with me? I'm being human. Humanly speaking, I don't get it by appearances, why did that happen to a family that's going to the mission field? We got to remember, folks, we live in a fallen world and we can't judge God by how things appear. Here's the ironic thing about this. Job was doing to God the same thing his friends were doing to him. His three friends said, Job, by all appearances here, even though you've had a testimony of righteousness, you must be living in wickedness. They judged Job based on appearances. Job judged God based on appearances. And God is saying, Job, you can't judge me based on how things appear. I'm greater than that. There's more going on, son, than what you understand. 
And I'm not even going to disclose everything to you, but here's what you've got to do. You've got to trust me even when it doesn't appear that I'm good. And even when it appears that I'm not in control. And even when it appears that I'm not right, I'm still good. I'm still in control and I'm still right. And I'm still sovereign and I'm not giving you my job. And you don't know how to run things as well as I do, so you better just trust me. Is this making sense to you? Because things don't always make sense the way they appear. We were, uh, well, I guess I've been to Pikes. Well, I'm sorry. I guess I've been to Colorado Springs maybe four or five times. I don't remember, you know, driving through or flying in and, 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 you know, being here and there. And every time, except this last time, every time there was a cloud covering Pikes Peak. Now, I believe by faith that it was still there. But I did not see it. By all appearances, it was not there. But this last time, they put it back in place. <laughs> no, there was no clouds and I could see clearly, oh, it's right there. Wow, that's awesome. Same thing with the Talamina Drive. I, uh, Asia and I, when we moved here and boys were little, we were going on a family uh, retreat and I'd heard so much about the Talamina Drive, Talamina Drive here in Oklahoma, beautiful part of the state. And I thought, man, I'm excited about driving the Talamina Drive and got out there and it was foggy. I mean, fog, not just foggy, but froggy. You know what I mean? I mean, just like, boom, it set in. Fog, you couldn't even see, but 10 foot here, 10 foot there. I mean, that's all you could see. Drove all the way to the Queen, Queen Wilhelmina Lodge and stayed the night and thought, surely the fog will lift by the next day and we'll see the beauty of Southeast Oklahoma and that part of Arkansas and and the fog was still on and I saw not the beautiful Talamina Drive. That's how things appeared to me. Now, just here recently, Angie and I went on an on a anniversary trip and we got to drive it and there was no fog and it was absolutely majestic. It's beautiful. But I could not rightly judge Pikes Peak nor the Talamina Drive by appearances on that day because it was cloudy. Chapter 38, real quick. I know we've looked at a lot of places here, but I feel like even the whole book is just culminating into this. Chapter 38, just real quick, 38 and verse 3. Well, we got time. What are we in a hurry for? 38 and verse 3, look at, or 2 rather, verse 2, 38, 2. Who is this God? I mean, the first words that God says to Job, who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Job, you're not seeing things clearly. You're not seeing things. You're, you're darkening things by words without knowledge. You're, you're saying things that you really don't understand. And you're making a wrong decision. A wrong assessment. We were driving yesterday and to vote on the city council vote. I'm westbound and on 10th Street. And uh, I saw this car, this minivan beginning to come over our way in our lane. And I thought, hey, I'm here. And I looked over and here was the problem. This individual had scraped a little hole. And that's all. That was problem one. Problem two is the individual was wearing a mask and he was the only one in the car. Why? Why? Why have you committed these two offenses? 
but he's crowding me. And it was all because he had one little hole and he couldn't see my vehicle approaching. And by all appearances, it was clear. And he started to come over. And finally he realized, whoa, when he came back over, I was glad he did. But so many times I think that's how we go through life. With our limited view. Our limited view of how things are in this world. I can't believe that that individual, I mean, they're serving the Lord. Why would God let? That's all I'm seeing. That's all you're seeing. That's understandable that we would struggle with it. The warning in the passage is we need to take heed to Job lest we have an attitude. Did I tell you I was a Job friend? That I love Job? He's become even more dear through the study. But God knew Job had an attitude there that needed to be rooted out. And that's why he brought him to a place of repentance. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had to bring him to a place of repentance. I'm asking you tonight, are you just subdued? Or are you submitted? Subdued or submitted? Because it may be you know not to say this and this, because that would get you in a bunch of trouble. But deep down... That bitterness is still there. That anger is still there. That angst is still there. That complaining is still there. And I don't like this. And I don't like that. And I don't like this. And I don't like that. What you're really saying is that you'd like to fill out a resume. How much experience have you had with behemoth? How about Leviathan? How about mountain goats? Or ostriches? You run an ostrich farm? No. I don't think so. Can you handle with all the injustices of the world? Honestly, folks, we can't even deal with just our own. Job needed to come to a place where he trusted God more in the trial. Because he was judging things based on their appearances when what God wanted him to do was trust him for how things actually were in the throne room of heaven. Because in the throne room of heaven, God is still God. He's still in control. He still loves. He's still kind. He's still good. He's still righteous, regardless of what kind of fog, what kind of limited view we have of life. It does not change how things are in the throne room. Let's stand together here tonight. Has God brought you to a place of a Job 40 subduing or a Job 42 repenting and submission. The quicker, folks, I believe we can get to that place of repentance before God 
the better. Father, tonight, um, I know every one of us have the tendency within us to judge things based on how they appear, even rather than how they actually are. And we're all inclined to think we could do a better job or, or that things would certainly be different if we were in control. God, you're sovereign, you're righteous in all of your ways. You can't be otherwise. Would you help us, Lord, just simply to trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing tonight, I think appropriate, page 505 was scheduled, I believe, providentially. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. As Brother Ted leads us tonight, would you come on this very first verse of the song?